Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Food 360, the podcast that serves up some serious food for thought. I'm your host, Mark Murphy. In this episode, I'm excited to welcome Mike Winnick, co-founder and CEO of Our Harvest, an online farmer's market. Thanks for joining me, Mike. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I got to say, right now, there are so many things going on, obviously, in the world. And uh, first, I guess I'd want you to explain to my people that are listening, what is Our Harvest and why am I so excited? <laughs> so so our mission is at Our Harvest is actually build a better, more sustainable food system. And that sounds like very lofty, um, especially if you're, you're a customer kind of just trying to get your groceries right now. But the, the easiest way to think about what we do is that we have gone directly to a group of the very best farmers in the world, farmers that were supplying some of the very best restaurants in the world back a couple of weeks ago, um, in addition to some of the best bakers and food artisans that are out there. And we go directly to those farms and producers and bring that food directly to our customers. So you at home would be able to shop on our website and we deliver directly to your door. Um, so the whole idea is to bring farm to table truly into your own your own table. And can I ask you, you used to do something completely different before this. Why did you all of a sudden jump into this uh, world of food? Yeah, so I was on the dark side before. Um, I was actually an investment banker for eight and a half years, and I actually really liked what I did and was sitting in my actual, my review, and uh, the my bosses were like, hey, you're on the partner track, you're going to, everything's going really well, and I'm like, actually, uh, I'm not going to be on the partner track. And they're like, why, why would you ever leave this? And I was like, well, they woke up every single day and they thought about the next deal they were going to do, the next project that they were going to be uh, working on. And I woke up every day and thought about what I was going to be eating and what I would be cooking that night. And so for me personally, the whole idea was to be able to start something and to be part of something that I woke up every day excited to be part of. And so that was kind of what shifted me from being you know, back in the sort of the dark days of investment banking to entering the food space. It's, it's what I always dreamed of doing. And and you you started this in 2014, is that correct? Yeah, so I, I quit my job in the summer of 2013. Uh, that was like July of 2013. And we launched the company 
uh, our first delivery was July 1st, 2014. Wow. Okay. I mean, and, and it's so funny because I, I can, I can still remember you had somebody working for you who was also doing a podcast that I used to listen to. I still listen to a lot. Um, and, uh, she was your marketing person and I, I heard about you through this. I ended up contacting her on Instagram and saying, Hey, I want to talk to you. I want to have lunch. And I still remember she didn't answer me for like three weeks. She's like, who is this creep probably like trying to get in touch with me, DMing me on Instagram. And then finally I ended up having lunch with her and then ended up finally getting to meet you. And I was just, I was so excited what you're doing because I mean, to me, you're not only, I mean, for me, I'm being very selfish. You're giving me really, you're getting me really, really good food, but you're also trying to put more money in the pockets of these farmers who they're, you're sort of cutting out the middleman in a certain sense, which is what I love about it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the whole thing that, that a lot of people don't really understand about, about our business. And sort of when I say fixing the food system, typically when a farmer's selling to a Whole Foods or a grocery store, there could be five to 10 people that actually lay their hands on a product between the farm and uh, you. And so each of those people is taking margin, they're marking the product up. And so a farmer might only get 10 cents on the dollar of what sells it, what sells at a typical grocery store. With us, the farmer is getting between, you know, 50 and 60% typically, sometimes more of the retail price. And so by a farmer being able to actually make more money, it creates a win-win situation because most farmers can barely feed their own families. It's kind of one of those those weird situations where the people feeding us can barely feed themselves. It's so funny you talk about uh, the the sort of progression of food and what happens and where it goes and, and, and you're cutting out the middleman where I'm still now looking at it from a very selfish angle. I can still remember the first time I ordered kale from you. And I mean, I work in restaurants my whole life, so I know what things must be happening. But when I go to a grocery store in New York City and I buy kale and I put it in the fridge, it's got like a two or three or maybe four day shelf life. But when you're buying it from our harvest, it's literally like a week and a half later, it's or two weeks later, it's still good. You can still cook it because it's still, and it's because it hasn't sat in a grocery store for the week before it came to my house. Uh, this is going to sound like a whole like our harvest commercial, this whole thing, but it's truly, <laughs> well, I, I love what you're coming. doing for the planet. No, that, but, I love what you're doing for the no, planet that, and for my belly. <laughs> right, no, and, and that's, that's the thing also that people don't realize. We get a lot of questions about this from customers, like, you know, your shelf life on your chicken or your meat or whatever. Like when you get something at a grocery store, it's already a week or more old. Like there's apples that you're getting that could be six months old that have been stored. It's part of the reason I, I settled on this idea was I bit into an apple at uh, Whole Foods and the apple had no taste. And the week before I was sitting at a farm on the east end of Long Island eating apples and talking to the farmer. And I was like, this is the most delicious apple for $1.99 I've ever had. And literally the next week for $3.99 for an organic apple that had a sticker from New Zealand is what I was getting. And I was like, there's no way this farmer on the North Fork of Long Island is not, you know, is, is, selling all of his apples. He only sells through his farm stand. And so it kind of set off like a whole year of like exploring and understanding how food gets from the farm to the end customer. But because we're getting it literally the day it's harvested or the day before, uh, you're getting food that has, in some cases, much longer shelf life than you'd ever expect it. Like our chicken can be good for a week in your fridge. It's crazy. People like expect uh, it to go bad the next day. What, what, did, what, would, what did farmers say when you showed up? You know, this, this guy who used to be in, uh, in, in, on the dark side, as you explained it, and all of a sudden wanting to buy their chickens and buy their kale and buy their vegetables. And you're proposing all this. What did they look at you and go, what are you, what are you nuts? What are you, now you're coming into this? Yeah, so I think the, the very quick answer was hell no is what they said to me um, pretty much consistently. Uh, which was, you know, you call a farm, they're like, far farmers understandably have been screwed so often, especially by banks. They know someone whose farm, they lost their farm. They have, you know, just everyone always tells them a great story and then doesn't deliver. 
And so I spoke to hundreds of farmers. And when I launched, we only had five farms and 20 products. That was it. That was all I could get to sign up. And then, and then literally within two, three weeks, I guess our checks started clearing and they started seeing, you know, how the, how the business really, really worked and how we operated and the respect that we built our business to help those farmers, right? So the respect that we showed, showed them and what they were doing and our excitement about it. And within a couple of weeks, we had started having all their neighbors call us. And so very quickly, we were able to ramp up our farmers. And now it's like absolutely out of control. I think we have 350 different farmers and producers on our site. And we can't, we, you know, we have so many people reaching out to us, especially now, that it's hard to just keep up with everybody. We want to add everyone we possibly can. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's important also is curating the right, the right farms. But, yeah, nobody trusts a, an ex-investment banker who comes to them and is like, I'm going to save your business. I'm going to make you, you know, so much money. Uh, but it ended up working out really well for them in the end. So I, I, I remember you telling me a story, and I can't remember what product it was, but you have very strict guidelines to be able to sell their food, right? I mean, you're yep. like, no preservatives. This thing's got to be true. It's got to be honest, really, really good food. And I, I think that that's something that's incredibly commendable. Obviously, you're you're going for really healthy, not just from the farms, but you also sell products like jams and pickles and things like that that are obviously you know, you have to do something to them, right? They're not just out of that out yeah. of the dirt. So, what what are your parameters when you work with these farmers or these, I guess, food producers as well? Yeah, very simply, it has to be something that I would feed my four year old. That's that's literally the like the ultimate thing. So, really, what we look for is the label that we can understand. Um, that there isn't anything that's got seven, you know, seven hundred letters in it, and you know, causes cancer. You know, I'm like taking it to like the extreme, but it's got to be something that's like five seven ingredients, something that we really understand, um, and. By the way, it has to be delicious too. It can't just be clean and healthy. It has to have flavor profile that that fits. But you know, there's no chemicals, preservatives, and we talk about we talk about like this. Like our if we're carrying a product that's like a dip that uses a cream cheese, it can't be like Philadelphia cream cheese because that has a chemical in it that we wouldn't sell. So we literally get down to the ingredient level and understand what they're using in their product to make sure that it fits with our whole ecosystem. Like no hormones, no antibiotics, all that stuff, obviously, but it gets, it, it's, it's even more than that. And are you finding people are now trying to produce things and giving them to you and being like, please carry this. I am making this really, really healthy. And, and, you know, are you, are you getting people now coming to you and you're, are, are you, People, you were you were seeking out these people before. Are they seeking you out now? I guess. Yeah. So, I, you know, for the for for quite a while, people have started seeking us out, and actually, we're really we're really easy to work with um, in that we can help brands that have never sold anywhere before get their start. Um, so, from that perspective, we try to be like on the discovery side because it's what I love most is like discovering new delicious, just like you do, like new delicious, amazing foods. And so we get pitched a lot of new products, especially now with people that kind of lost their core wholesale business. Um, they're coming to us now um, and pitching us, uh, you know, all, all day, all night, uh, you know, carry my product, carry my product. And and the, the thing that I always advise people that come to us is everyone has like their, their kind of like their canned pitch, which is like, we're plant-based, we're vegan, we're gluten-free, or we're, you know, we're not any of those things. Like we're sustainable, but like ultimately the product has to be delicious, like we're not, if, if like we taste it, it's not going to make us smile and not make our customers smile and want to reorder it. It's not going to be a product that we carry. They have to fit all the ingredients and all that side of it too. But it's that, I think that a lot of times people with products come and they're like, our product like solves this. And it's like, but does it taste good? Uh, ultimately, it's like right. what it comes down to, too. So it's both of those things. I've, I've had those products where somebody brings you something and they're like, this is the best thing for you. I'm like, 
but I can't follow it. It's so gross. It's like, right. yeah, it's all natural. It says it, but it tastes like chalk. It's right. like that, sawdust that's the in my mouth. No, right. that, that's that's exactly. So you're the not problem, selling so. the sawdust good good for you stuff, which is I'm very very happy to hear about that. Yeah, we we curate everything. Like there's, it's not like you're going to come on our site and see 75 different varieties of yogurt. We're going to pick the three best varieties. That one's Greek, one regular style, whatever, and that's what we're going to carry. So a customer isn't going to be confused. Like well, the other thing that we do with our farmers is if someone grows the very best tomatoes, that's the farm whose tomatoes we're going to carry. We're not going to carry six other farms tomatoes. So the whole idea is that when a customer's shopping on our site, they're going to get the best in breed across every farm, every product. So it's, it's an easier experience from a customer. That's amazing. And I, and I got to tell you, I'm, 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 a, I, I'm, I'm a testimonial because I, I tell everybody about this, but I got to tell you, the food that you, you bring me uh, is, is, is fantastic. And I love that. Are you still doing the two? You, if it's a, over a certain amount, you can bring it to their home or you can you park a truck somewhere and you set it up like a farm stand and people come and pick up their orders? Are you still doing both of those? Uh, right now in the, in the COVID world, we stopped our pickup sites just to protect our employees. Uh, but we were doing that up until a couple weeks ago. Okay. Or, no, and, and, weeks ago. and how, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, every every day we were everybody was hit by this, uh, and the, the, what's going on right now with the, obviously the COVID nineteen. And but your business, you were like, wait a minute, I'm built for this. I'm built for this speed. And did you did your business skyrocket? Did you were you had did you have enough employees? I, what, what was the experience? What was it like? And and for a businessman to all of a sudden find your business in this situation? Yeah. So for us, you know, we've. We've always believed in our mission and our business and what we were doing, and we've grown very steadily since we launched, you know, years ago. And it's been really exciting, exciting kind of ride. And then we kind of started seeing in early March this like uh, what I call like a little bit of panic buying, which was like very early March. You saw customers like with very you know we see where our customers are buying very weird shopping behavior where someone bought like twelve pennies right? And 18 tomato sauces and all of our beans, which turned at a normal clip, disappeared. And you're like, okay, something weird's happening. So we started we started prepping a little bit more for, for things like the weird purchasing. And then the day the shelter in place happened, we had 50 times normal order volume. We've been running it, you know, five to 10 times normal volume. We have a wait list now of about 15,000 people who are like wanting to shop with us that Every week we're turning away and we're turning away fewer and fewer every week because, you know, we, we're doing everything we can to increase capacity. So you have this like this like moment of, oh, my God, people want like everyone wants this now and we're in the right place. We're doing the right thing. We don't have supply issues because we know our farmers and our butchers and all of that. Like there's no like shortages like we, we don't have those problems. Um, and you're like so excited. And then like the, the next morning you wake up and you're like, OK, there's two things we got to solve. One is our farmers actually just lost 90 plus percent of their business because they were selling to restaurants to other people. And so for us, we're sitting here, we're like, oh my God, we need to save our farms. That was the first reaction was like excitement. And then like this feeling of dread where it's like, oh my God, what happens if my farms go out of business? So we spent the first two weeks of this just doing everything we can to keep our farms alive. And amazingly, maybe it's not so amazing. You kind of, your initial instinct would be like, it's kind of like every man for themselves. And one thing that was really special that started happening is a lot of our farmers started recommending their neighbors who grew something special. They're like, look, don't buy my carrots, buy this guy's carrots because his carrots are the absolute best. And if he doesn't have these carrots purchased, he's done. And so very quickly we added, you know, five to 10 farms that neighbored our existing farmers. And we're able to add, add some new vendors and help them out. And 
you know, make sure we paid our farmers in a way that got them the cash they needed to not go out of business. So we work with our farmers very close to those first couple of weeks. There was a day where the green market was closed. And so we sent our farms, to, we sent our truck to every, our truck went to all the farms that needed it. And so, and help them get through the day. And so for us, that was kind of like the first, the first like, oh crap moment is like, keep the farms alive. And then right. the second was, okay, now that you're at 10 times order volume, go hire, go hire a bunch of employees in an environment where, you know, People aren't aren't really looking to, to work right now because it's kind of scary up there. So that was like the the double dynamic of like actually trying to fulfill the orders properly. And you know, we as you probably experienced, we had a couple late deliveries. I think we're over like the the worst of it now. We've built a really amazing, strong team. The team really has stepped up. Very, it's 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 been overwhelmingly the response from our team, knowing that we're an essential service that we're serving people, we're bringing food to people who can't otherwise go out. People really rallied around that, and it's been very exciting to see. Uh, it's 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 just amazing. I mean, I think that you know, all of a sudden, I guess no. Uh, as 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 I was talking to somebody else earlier, there's no business school that would have taught you that your business is going to go from X to like ten times or fifty times X overnight, and be like, okay, we got to hang on, and we need this business, and we want to do this, we want to grow, and we're going to make this happen. Of course, and you and you plan you pl- like we plan for like an event like it's not like, not like this. This is a whole different world. But like yeah. you have like your kind of your backup plan of like okay what happens tomorrow if like we're we're you know on some food network show and a hundred you know hundred people want to shop hundred you know hundred times more people want to shop with us and like you have your plan but my plan like involved people that you know would be able to come help out in the warehouse and and showing up yeah and you know when your whole family and your aunts and uncles and cousins who are all very strong can't show up to work because they're sheltering in place it, it changes the dynamic of like you know that support system that you built like those kind of backups um to come help right. out when you're an entrepreneur like that that didn't exist and so that was a whole different level of just like crazy Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. 
Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So besides what you've you know, experienced all the things you've learned about getting the business up and running more. What, what's been the most surprising thing that somebody would want to hear about what you've learned over the past couple of weeks since all this has been going on? You know, I, the, the thing, and maybe this isn't surprising, I, I don't know. I, I think everyone in their own quarantine shelter in place has this like emotional uh, and mental like volatility, like the ups and downs of just like, you're so excited you're home and then you're like really stressed, you're worried about getting sick and then you, it's just like this like, emotional like roller coaster that everyone's on and i think that for us that that feeling has been just like like intensely intensely amplified like we haven't slept in like six weeks like i don't see my family in you know right now it's like one of those things like we know what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish but you have this moment of oh my god we sold out of delivery slots in 45 minutes and you're like this is the greatest thing ever and then the next day you know three people call in call in they don't have coverage for their their kids who are supposed to be in school and so you're like oh wait how am i going to get now all this record number of orders out with three less people in the warehouse because understandably they're dealing with all sorts of stressors and having that that emotional volatility at home and so i think that there's like these like very very intense intraday ups and downs that you know when you see like a business and, and like for us we're, we're blessed and lucky that we're at 10 times when we know so many of our friends are struggling like we know we have that but we still have these just very intense like ups and downs, even within the same within the same hour, you're like, oh my god, we did it! And then like then the next second, you're like, oh man, we got to solve this problem. Um, so it's been a, just a very emotional and weird time. But it also shows human resilience, I think, and what what everybody's going through, and people are still able to, you know, put one foot in front of the other and get get it going, and helping you people helping you get get the get you know, get the food to people that really need it. I think it's really, I, I think it's very commendable in that sense. You know, and and ultimately, it's left uh, left me you know, very optimistic about, about a lot of things that, that people can come together and support our farms, that we can come together and yeah. support a better food system, that our employees are rallying around the, the mission and the goal and the cause that, you know, and that, that I think that, that people, when they try to do right by each other, like, you know, in, and this is like kind of like cheesy, but like when they try to do right by each other, we actually all can like succeed and get through this as opposed right. to like an environment where we're all just like, fighting, you know, fighting and trying to like survive. It's like, it's, it's been different. It's been a very different sense here. So what's the weirdest thing you think people have been hoarding or buying a lot of? <laughs> um, we, we sold a bizarre amount of like, like, like squid and oil, like canned, like canned, like, like shellfish. Like we, we had, it was like, it was like a niche, like, it's like, there's like a lot of products like that where like, there are these like super niche, super niche products where it's like, we sell them cause they're delicious and they're sustainable and they right. do good things for like our farmers, whatever. And you're like, you know, we sell the shelf life is like infinite cause it's like canned fish and it sells like every so often and well, all of a sudden like <laughs> boom, gone, like stuff gone. like that. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I used to before back then when I was back in the, you know, in the city going out and having lunch, you know, one of my favorite places was going to Pastis and one of my favorite dishes there are the canned sardines. They yep. literally bring the can of sardine, they splash a little vinegar in it, they bring you a pat of butter and some toasted bread. And by the way, when I 
this last week, I had two cans of sardines, and I was like, "Those are oh, this is great. It reminds me of being at Pastis." And then I realized, wait, I don't have any more, and that's what I'm gonna have. Do you have any sardines? This is what I'm asking. Really, we, we do. The answer is yes, <laughs> yes, we do. Actually, I think we're sold out now, but we'll, we'll get you. I'll get you more for Monday. We'll have them. All uh, right, we, it's, it's actually the same. Good. It's the same maker as the squid and oil, so uh, it, should, it shouldn't be a problem. But anything that like is shelf stable, like. Like there was like a rare bean variety we carried that like was extremely expensive and it was a very cool, cool story. And we sold like one every month. And then literally like the shelter in place happens and like 48 sold out like in six seconds. And you're like, it's a different world. It's just a different world. Uh, people <laughs> will totally try anything. Different. Well, you know, everywhere on Instagram, the food, all the all the chefs and all these food apps, everybody was showing everybody how to cook beans all of a sudden that week. And now people have stepped off a little bit. But yeah, everybody has, I think everybody in America has learned how to cook a dry bean. And it's something people didn't exactly. know before. Exactly. They know now, exactly. But the fresher so, beans, you don't need to soak. Exactly. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, a long time ago, you were looking for, uh, I think, were you trying to expand the business, looking for investors? Yeah. I don't remember what you were talking about. And were, were you, are you, um, are you, are you, one, are you still trying to grow your business? And, and in that sense, and are you going to take it outside of New York or the tri-state area? Are you going to, are you thinking of trying to expand around the country? Yeah. So we're, we're absolutely looking for uh, some, some investors uh, right now, especially because with a wait list of 15,000 people, uh, we very quickly can go from where we are to, you know, 30 or 40 times, literally that, that volume within like a month. So there's like wow. a near term need for just like the capital in to be able to just tap the customers that already want to shop with us. Uh, and then, you know, right now, I think our focus ter in terms of like where we're looking to grow, we definitely want to grow uh, beyond beyond New York uh, regionally, you know, I think the logical way to do it is up towards Boston, down towards DC is how we would regionally expand. But uh, you know, from an investor perspective, multi billion dollar grocery businesses have built just in New York City, um, so we understand that that's a huge opportunity as well, and the New York area. So we understand that that's a huge opportunity as well. So for us, it's really for us, it's it's right now immediately focusing on that really large number of people that really badly want to shop with us and doing everything we can to serve them, all while providing our customers the very best experience they can get. And so we definitely need some uh, capital in the near term to be able to tap into those customers. Well, I, I also think that, I mean, this, you know, this, uh, obviously this is lasting a while and it's going to last a little longer, hopefully not too much longer. But uh, I think e even though I think a lot of people are talking about what people are learning now, certain like using technologies like Zoom or FaceTime or whatever, these meeting things, people are like, oh, that's going to last or people are going to be like, oh, we don't need an office. We can just work from home. I think shopping is something that people are getting reconditioned to doing in a different way as well, because you know, yes, everybody loves to go to the store and I mean, to do things. And but, but like all of a sudden now, after let's say two, three, four months of people shopping online and getting their groceries delivered, somebody who never did that before is going to be like, "Wait, why didn't I do this earlier?" Like, I think that the, you know, the knee-jerk reaction, in, even when this is over, I think you're not going to lose these customers. They're still going to be there. Well, that, that's that's the that's the point that I'm making to everybody, which is. Before this happened, the estimate was like one to three percent of people shopped online for groceries. Now it's like a hundred percent. So even if it goes down to seventy-five percent, you know, we're seventy-five times the market's seventy-five times bigger than where it was before. And so, right. you know, we're we're in in a, in a world where people are shopping online, and I, and I think like your your story about like you're getting the food from us and how delicious it is. Like people are always worried or were worried when they shopped online for groceries. They want to see their produce. They want to know what their steak looks like. They want to see the quality of what they're getting. And for us, when, when you deliver something and it's really, really delicious and beautiful and lasts in your fridge for two weeks, people are overwhelmed by that. And 
are going to continue to shop. Once they, totally. once they taste our salmon or our clams or our, you know, anything that we're selling pretty much, our beautiful ramps right now, or Gretty we've got, like all this like weird things that you've never even heard of, once you try it once, it's over. Well, I want to I talk about one product in particular because you, you, you do try to use local farms. I understand that. And, yeah. But every once in a while, you, you, you will reach out and go somewhere very, very, not very far away, but pretty far away. And, and we're talking about right now Harry's Berries because those, first time I had ever been introduced to them, there's two points to this story. One, they're the best strawberry in the world, I think, right now. Uh, and last year, you had the guy from Laboratorio del Gelato. You were ma- he was making ice cream with this stuff. My house went crazy. I mean, they were like, yeah. you got to buy more. Fill the freezer. This stuff is so good. So you are importing. And now Harry's Berries has an amazing story themselves. I think, from I remember, the, the father was Japanese, and he's a, he's a, yep. he was a farmer, and he immigrated to America, and they're in California. And they grow these berries, which are Stupend! They're just they're just delicious. Yeah, they're amazing. My 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 kid who doesn't really pay much attention to certain things. He's thirteen. He was eating them last year, and he goes, "These are really good. These are really good." And all of a sudden, we got some from somewhere else. Somebody brought some from some other place, and he's like, "These things are terrible. What are they? Where's the where are the, where are the good ones?" You know. And I was like, "Well, those are special." And last year, if I remember correctly, you had a hard time keeping up because restaurants were buying a lot of their product because Harry's Berries were in the, in the chef world. They're a very chef-y ingredient and yep. all the pastry chefs were using them at all the fancy restaurants at La Bernadette and all the places. Um, but now those restaurants are closed. So now you're going to be the only guy selling Harry's Berries. It's going to be great for it's, me. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. We have, we do have, we do get a lot more of them when they, when they come in. The, 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 and they are absolutely amazing. They're, they're the, they're the best. Um, I think just going back to our harvest, 98% of what we sell comes from within 200 miles of New York. And then the rest of it, we carry very, very specialty, amazing products that are delicious. And that's, that's one of the amazing ones. And we're going to bring back the gelato, I promise. So your family can rest assured. I think my mother-in-law is like her number one product that she wants back. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, the, the, the thing with, with the uh, strawberries in particular is that actually the weather, they're, they're so impacted by weather and the weather in California has been strange in that there's been a lot more rain than usual this time of year. And so the berries are coming in at different rate than they normally would this time of year. May is kind of like for us, the peak of it when we have Harry's berries. So we're going to start to see a lot more of them. Um, but the weather has to cooperate first. It's, it's a weird, it's like one of those things when you think about food, you used to go into the grocery store and eating the commodity junk you get at a store, like those berries that have no taste that look beautiful. Like the, those berries were picked like way before they should have been picked. Right. Because they were picked and grown to sit on a store shelf for two weeks before they get to you. And so for us, like, you might not see those strawberries available because it's raining or the farmer couldn't harvest it that day because if you bit into it, you'd be disappointed. Like, that, that like, sense of disappointment is something that we never would give our customer. Like, you're going to bite into that berry and it's going to be amazing. That's the whole point. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. One of my other favorite ingredients is that spinach that you have. Now, would you call it, is it called winter spinach? or it's over... It's an awesome. It's a really awesome product. It's overwintered spinach is my favorite. Overwinter- it's actually my favorite product all year long. It's wonder. It's absolutely. Can you can you give us a little? This is the other thing about this website. I'm getting schooled on stuff because I look things up. I'm on Wikipedia. I'm like, what is this? I'm looking it up. But tell me all about it. I know the two of us could geek out all day long on all these crazy ingredients. So over overwintered spinach is like my favorite thing all year long. And so what the farmers do is they take spinach and they plant it actually uh, like in the fall, and then right before the first frost hits. They cover it in like a tarp kind of thing. And the idea is that when the spinach freezes, it actually builds really, really high sugar content and starch. And it concentrates the flavor, kind of dries it out, makes it look a little ugly, but it just concentrates this intense sweetness. And so what happens is like when the weather starts to warm up, the, the ground thaws, they pull the, they pull the uh, tarps off and let the, let the spinach start to like regenerate and grow. And then as soon as it's ready, they cut it. And it is like the most intense, sweet, delicious. My, my son tastes it, and he's like, "This thing is like candy." Um, so I, I like buy it by like the poundful and just saute it quickly, like very light, just like a little olive oil and salt, and it's like the most delicious thing you've ever had. Well, I, I have some in my fridge right now that I got from you the other day, and I then all of a sudden I saw or my good friend Melissa Clark over at the New York Times sautéing spinach with botarga. Or no, oh, no, she sautéed spinach. Awesome. No, no, she sautéed spinach with with ramps, and I was like, I've got both of those in my fridge. That's what I'm having for dinner tonight. I was another so excited another, our customer, another our harvest customer, another our harvest customer, by the way. Absolutely, I th- I think I might have. I think I, I'm, I called I'm her about sure you. you refer, I'm pretty sure you referred her. <laughs> pretty sure. Um, are there any other vegetables that they do like that over the winter that they plant? And they, yeah. where else is like that? What yeah, else, so the, what the, else? Am I, what else should I be getting? Yeah, the the two more common ones. Uh, you see overwinter broccoli rob, and that's amazing because it doesn't have that really intense bite that kind of scares people away from broccoli rob. That, that bitterness kind of like is is tamed by sweetness. Although that just, I think that season is just winding down. Um, and then actually, there's spring dug, dug parsnips. They overwinter parsnips, and parsnips, parsnips you think is like like a fall product, 
that, you know, with like your Thanksgiving meal, whatever, right. but they overwinter it and it's just like intensely sweet parsnip flavor, which is really good. There's a couple other Jerusalem artichokes, a lot of those like, like funkier root vegetables, they, they overwinter, but the two biggest and that we sell are the, are the spinach and the broccoli rabe. And what's the number one best selling product on your, on your site? Before uh, and now, what it would be was has that changed over time? No, it's been fairly fairly consistent. Uh, the you know eggs always are a big seller. We have amazing eggs from Norwich Meadows and and another amazing set of eggs from uh, Nolcrest Farms, and so those always sell in quantity. Uh, we see a lot of people buy our fish. Our fish has been an unbelievable seller because it's so so damn good um our salmon in particular it's one of those things that we're proud of um you know that it's not a local product it's one of that like one to two percent of our product but it sells really well we know if someone orders our seafood they're going to reorder um because it's right. just like i mean it's just so it, much it, better it's interesting i was reading the other day that you know like for example um must uh no uh, uh oysters and and lobster I heard that the, the farmers, the fishermen that, that fish that are actually having a hard time because those are two ingredients that <clears throat> you think of lobster. It's you go to a, a lot of people go to restaurants to eat lobster. A lot of people go to restaurants to eat oysters because shucking oysters is not is not that easy. Yeah. And I'm I'm you know in another sense you're also helping farmers out by selling f- food that restaurants would buy, but now people are starting to learn how to use them at home because it's you know even if you don't know how to shuck an oyster, if you put them on a grill, they'll pop open and you pour a little hot sauce on there. A nice grilled oyster is just delicious. And maybe I think we should do like a little oyster that. Rockefeller recipe, Mark. I I, 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 like, I I'm I'm serious because. The, the what you said is is actually really true that it, it's it's like kind of like everyone's talking about chicken or like the weird things going on in the meat markets and everything with you know like they're not they're being like productions down all of that and actually the hardest hit group especially in locally uh, there are a bunch of farms that were hard hit but but were were fishermen because most people don't right. it's not people cook fish at home but it's not like you know they'll cook salmon they'll cook plain things but right. even like a swordfish like not a lot of people are just buying like swordfish or sashimi grade tuna to cook at home and so those fishermen like actually stopped going out to fish because it didn't make sense for them um i think they're like you know debating whether they close certain fisheries just because there was no market for it lobster was one of them um and yeah, so no, I... it's, it's one of those things where yeah we're selling a lot of, we're actually selling like a, a lot of lobster um I think prices were like they came down, and we try to you know our price. I think our, like a whole st- pre-steamed lobster is like fifteen dollars. Um, wow. We're selling it for right now. Um, oh, you're, so you're, you're selling them steamed as well. Or you sell we sell them live we sell as them well? steamed. We sell them steamed. Oh. We're, we're not selling them live right now. Uh, we, we, we we've tried that before. It's one of those like challenges in terms of delivery to make sure that customers. They, 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 I think the general feedback was the customers prefer them steamed. Um, or, or <laughs> they don't want to do the work. They, can you do the but, work for me? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think there's some products they, they, they enjoy doing the work. I think that was one where, like, no one likes dropping the lobster in the pot. Um, but, yeah, What's you know, uh, but, yeah, so that, that but we sold a lot, we sell a lot of lobster. Like, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think would be, like, a home ingredient, they're uh, selling like crazy. I mean, if if somebody can't just crack the lobster open if it's already steamed for them and, you know, put a little mayonnaise in it and put it in a, put it in a Martin's potato roll, I don't know what, what's wrong with you. <laughs> well, that, 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 a lobster roll's easy to make once the lobster's cooked for you. And it's delicious obviously. and it's delicious and it's and it's good for well you're not supposed to eat them all the time but you're supposed to eat them every once in a while absolutely exactly what do you what, what do you think your the biggest misconception around around food do you think that you've you've sort of helped educate some of your clients about i mean yeah i, I don't know I mean, to me i mean i have my stories <laughs> but what do you, do you have yeah. any that you can there, think of a, or? A, 
there's a whole bunch of them. One of the things that I used to get from people who you know don't order frequently from us or don't order from us was I don't know how to cook or like I'm afraid to cook. Like I, I don't understand or I wasn't properly taught how to shop for groceries. This kind of like like refrain. And one of the things that we always like to tell people and kind of like surprise them with is like, how, how do I cook your, your salmon? I'm like, I'll tell you how you cook, cook my salmon. Put a little olive oil, salt and pepper on it and put it in the oven for 14 minutes and take it out and then taste it. And if you're not like, oh my God, that's amazing, then you don't like to eat. So it's like you one forgot of to put the oven on. <laughs> right, exactly. Like literally. But you know what? It's sashimi grade. It's still delicious raw. Like it's like one of those things where like, like you know, that, that we try to teach people that cooking doesn't have to be a 70. And But one of the things I love about Season with Authority with like your book is that it's just, it's like simple, easy recipes, like how to cook in a way that it's like, that, that it's simple and anyone could do at home. Because like the idea, like you need like to have like some 27 ingredient, like pasta dish, like no, take like that overwintered spinach and like toss it in pasta with like a little bit of burrata, like rip the burrata up and you've got like the best pasta you've ever had in your life. And like, like that's not hard. That's and so hard. trying to, trying to teach people to like use the best ingredients to make the best meal in a very simple way is I think like one of the big challenges you'd expect. And then, you know, I, I think the, the second big challenge is that people don't really understand how messed up the food system is. And so like trying to explain to them that it's so much better to buy spinach from your neighboring farm than just wherever it comes from the grocery store is was like at first an uphill battle that now has gained a lot of traction. So like when we started, that was more of a challenge. And now I think more and more people understand that not just the benefits of eating locally, but the benefits to your, your palate. Like it's just so good. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you know, if you think about it, you're really, you know, support, literally I wore this shirt today. I wear support, I wear I a shirt that says support your local farmer. I, Cause obviously I was talking to you today and I think you're like, you know, the, the doing an amazing job supporting all these farmers, but I mean, to me, it's just it, this whole concept about it, it's difficult or people, they, when people tell me they don't know how to cook, I want to, I just want to get upset and smack. I mean, it's like, come on, like you could put salt and pepper on a chicken and put it in the oven. You know what I mean? It's right. just, uh, sorry. And, and no oh, are you, are you still there? I'm here. Yep, sorry. Um, no, it's just, um, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, just learn how to cook. It's not that hard. I mean, I've been, I've been doing these great Instagram videos where I'm teaching Emily, who I work with, obviously, you, you know her well, you know, just cutting an onion. I, it's, and it's, it's so funny because I find that when people tell me they don't know how to cook, I say, go take a knife skills class. Because once you're comfortable with a knife, I think from there, you can do anything. And, and I see that because if, if you don't know how to cut an onion, I understand it's hard to cook for 10 people because it takes you 20 minutes to cut an onion. But once you get good at cutting an onion and it takes you 30 seconds, you know what? Then you got all this other free time to be able to mess around with the food another way. So I would say 100%. what you should maybe put on your website or put it on your site is like some knife skill classes. Maybe we should do this. It'll be like a little, uh, a little knife skills class because just I think learning be how to hold a and knife. And, and I think the other thing that, that stresses people out is like with the recipe, it has to be perfect. It has to be spot on. Like when you're cooking, when you're cutting an onion at home, it does not have to be exactly a half inch dice. Like it can be like a little off. Like, you know, you know, it's like there are certain recipes that require perfection, but when you're cooking at home, and you're like sauteing something like it doesn't really matter if your garlic is like how minced your garlic is. Like it just needs to like be fine. Toss it in. It tastes just the same. Exactly. I mean, it's so funny because I, I was brought up and raised in French kitchens. So for me, I remember the first time I worked in a one star Michelin 
restaurant in Paris and I'm dicing up lardon, pieces of bacon, yeah. and they had to be all exactly the same size. And the sous chef came by and he goes, that's no good, do it over. I'm like, why? He goes, well, they're not exactly all perfect. And I'm sitting there going, now this is bacon. It's all going to shrivel up and be a different size by the end of the day anyway. Exactly. But 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 in, in professional exactly. kitchens, we're taught to do that. But I always find it funny. I have a friend of mine, Jeff, who's, who's at our house a lot, and he's... He's just a home cook. He's a very good cook, but he sees me do things sometimes. And he goes, "Wow, they really, really drilled it into you. You're lining up yep. the carrots like they're soldiers." And I'm like, "Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you're right. Just you know, you don't have to have everything exactly the same size. It's actually, you know, it's it's product that grows in the air, in, in in the ground. You know, a carrot's thinner on one end and thicker on the other. So if you cook it at the same time, one's going to be a little more cooked, the other's not. Who cares? It's going to taste good if you cooked it right and seasoned it properly." Exactly. And if I'm going to a restaurant, I want it to be perfect. But when I'm at home, it, it's, you know, it, it's, exactly. it's not as important and the product still tastes the same. And so I think it's trying to take away like the intimidation factor with cooking that that is like one of those things that kind of surprised me as someone who loves to cook, um, you know, running our business because it's like just buy really good ingredients and, and <laughs> cook them simply. Right. Well, I got to say, Mike, you know, thanks so much for what you're doing. Thanks so much for getting people fed. Now they're all quarantined at home and, and your, your people and your staff. I'm always very, very appreciative when I see them show up and dropping off the, the bags with, what's, how do they, what's it called now? Contactless drop-off? Conta- the contactless delivery, yeah. There's all these new terms out there now that I never I knew, or, but now I, I've got to try to start recalling them and understanding them because uh, they're definitely out there and, and you got to, you know, we're, everybody's adapting. We're humans and we, we, we can adapt. And, and you are out there helping the farmers, helping the people get food, and it's good food. And I got to tell you, when, when I was thinking about this podcast during this, uh, during this quarantine time, you were one of the first ones on my list because I think that, uh, of course, people that don't live in the New York area or the ones that are on your waiting list are going to be upset when they hear this podcast. But be patient. Uh, he's, he's, Mike's getting it done. We're doing everything we can to serve as many people as possible, and uh, we really appreciate your support, both on the podcast and just, you know, shopping with us every week. We we love having you as a customer and seeing all the amazing stuff that you're cooking. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. That's my plan. (laughs) I'm going right back to the warehouse. All right, cool. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Take care. Ready? Okay. Give me a beat. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.